Welcome to Women on Wealth, a podcast by women for women. Our mission is to empower women to embrace the discussion around wealth, demystify finance and market-related topics, and break down the emotions that surround these decisions. Your host is Julina Ogilvie, partner and wealth advisor with Principal Wealth Partners. She's a certified private wealth advisor and a certified investment management analyst with over 20 years of industry experience. Welcome everyone to Women on Wealth. This is Jelena, and the agenda today is to discover some options on how individuals can donate today in a more efficient manner. And we're very fortunate here at Principal Wealth Partners that so many of our clients are charitably inclined. So I've asked my esteemed colleague, Teresa Donatelli, to walk us through the idea of giving to charity in a more efficient way. So Teresa here is a senior wealth advisor, has been in the industry for 30 years with a focus on investments, retirement, estate, and pension planning. And I have to say, she is amazing with the long-term relationships that she has built with her clients. So I couldn't think of anyone better. So Teresa, thank you for joining us today. My pleasure. Thanks, Julina. So I know you have many conversations with your clients around charitable giving, and my goal today is to ask you to share with us how the landscape has changed and a couple of ideas that may be a more efficient way to donate to, you know, to our favorite charities. So many today, they think about when they want to give a donation of just cutting a check. And for those that have maybe more significant assets, they want a more structured approach. So they set up a private foundation, which is great, but it can be costly and time consuming. And so I know that there's other options available. So can you walk us, can you walk us through this a little bit? Yeah, there's a, a third option and many of our clients have utilized it. It's called a donor advised fund or a DAF. It's really one of the most uh, easiest and most tax advantaged way to give to charity. Um, I think we would break it down into three major points, give, grow, and grant. That's great. And um, so let's start with the give part. And, and maybe before, before you do, it's interesting because uh, most, uh, if you can help me clarify, when you talk about this with a client for the first time, most have never heard of this before, but yet I think this has been around for about 20 years. Correct. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's amazing that this is still quote unquote new to new to so many. So yeah, let's the, the three elements that you mentioned, if we can start with the, the give piece. Yeah. Um, the giving account is actually the name fidelity gives to the account, a, a giving account, which is nice and a little bit more understandable maybe than a, a DAF. Um, so when the money is put into the account, there's a tax deductible event in that tax year. The donation can be made in cash. It can be made with appreciated assets like stock or mutual funds. That eliminates uh, incurring capital gains by selling your appreciated assets. Uh, the record keeping is really simple. Um, the gift can then be used to support a variety of causes Many of our clients have a lot of charities that they like to support, um, but you have the ability to put a larger amount into the account and then utilize the funds over a number of years to make your gifts to charity. Great. So if, if 
if I can just elaborate on that, because this sometimes is, creates some confusion. So the, the donation, the tax deduction comes in the year of the donation into the account, not to when you give it to the charity. Correct. And that is something that we have to, you know, talk through with clients a lot of times because it is a little confusing. Okay. Nope. That's, thank you for clarifying that. And so can, can you talk about how the account quote unquote grows? Yeah, the account grows on a tax-free basis, which is wonderful. Um, and we're able to put it into an investment account where it can grow. There's a menu of options we can choose from. Um, and the investment options are across the board, stocks, bonds, a balanced strategy. And so, as you might imagine, if while the account grows over a number of years, that gives you even more ability to stretch out the giving that you may do over the years to the different organizations that you want to benefit. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's basically an investment account that is dedicated towards charitable donations. So a lot of times people are thinking, um, if you're familiar with a 529 that's earmarked for education, it's, it's a similar concept, correct? Exactly. And the, you know, similar to some of the 529 menus of investment options. Um, one of the other things that's important to uh, remind people is that you get the deduction the year that you make the donation, as we discussed. It also is considered an irrevocable gift. So mm. once you do put it into the DAF or the giving account, you cannot remove that money. Okay, no, that very important piece. And, and the third of the, of the three elements we mentioned, we, you talked about the give and the grow, and the third one is the grant. Um, is, is this donor-advised fund dedicated to just one charity, or can you donate to several? And I know you've referenced this already a little bit. Yeah, the nice part about it is you can um, donate to several in a given year, or certainly change the organizations that you want to support as the years go by. The only requirements are that they are 501c3 organizations. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, so many of my clients have found this to be really meaningful. It's nice for us as advisors to help them to find a tax advantage way to support the organizations that they really feel strongly about. It's, it's one of the nicest parts of our job. No, ab absolutely. And I know they're very appreciative of that. Uh, and, and so actually taking your comment just now a, a step further, this, this always brings up the conversation about legacy planning. And we hear all the time from clients about the, their concern over the value of money that their children or grandchildren may have or maybe not, not have. And, and so how can, how can this help? It's a really nice way to initiate a conversation with family members about giving and about a legacy that you wish uh, to have carry on. Um, many clients, you know, do involve their family members in these discussions and you can actually name a family member or anyone um, to carry on as your successor um, for the giving account and, and pass the reins to them so that they will continue to make the gifts in future years. Yeah, absolutely. And, and are there any examples that you think of in your, uh, you know, in sort of your history of talking to clients about this and how it's worked for them? I think it's, for lack of a better description, permission to do things with their money that are really meaningful yeah. to them. 
mm-hmm. that may sound s- silly to say permission, but it's, you know, it, it's um, obviously nice when our clients know that they are able to support themselves and take care of their needs and take care of their family members. Um, but if, if charitable giving is important to them for us to be able to help them navigate this process, it's just, you wouldn't believe what um, happiness it it brings to our clients when we have this discussion that they can support things that they really feel strongly about and and that we make it easy for them to do so. Yeah, no, absolutely. Thank you for sharing that. Uh, So, so I guess in summary, a a donor advised fund, it's it's an investment account that's dedicated to donating to your charities, um, if you so incline multiple of your choice, you have the flexibility to choose when, how much, when you contribute your assets to a donor advised fund, you you get that deduction in that calendar year as you discussed. Am I missing anything? Nope, you've got it. Okay. <laughs> right, well, thank, thank you for that. Um, there's another option that our clients utilize in, in this conversation of charitable donations. Uh, and that's what's known as a, Q, uh, a QCD. And this may be a little bit more uh, known by individuals, but, can, but very important one. So can you talk about this? as well. Yeah, the QCD or the qualified charitable donation um, is one that that many people are familiar with. Um, if you have a retirement account like an IRA, a SEP, a simple IRA, most people are aware that once you reach the age of 70 and a half, or more recently, uh, the IRS changed the age to 72, you are required to start withdrawing a minimum amount every year. And that amount is taxed in your income bracket in the year that you take it out. So the QCD comes in in very handy if there are gifts that you would like to make and you don't wanna use your cash um, to do so, you can have the funds taken from your minimum required distribution from your IRA And again, as long as they go to 501c3 charities from your IRA, that amount is not taxed as income in that year. So that's really, you know, a wonderful way to benefit the organizations, but also do what the IRS tells us we must do. No, absolutely. It's such a great point. I was recently approached by a family member who is now required to start taking their required minimum distributions, and they were unaware that they that this distribution was going to be taxed as income. And so, I think this is a great uh, a, a great option for those that don't that don't need that distribution. Correct. Right. It's it's a nice position to be in to not need to utilize all of that money, and so yep. this is really a win win. No, absolutely. And are there any, uh, the question that comes up a lot is, are there any restrictions on, on the type of charity? Yes, yeah, similar to the earlier conversation, they, it does have to be a 501c3. So that has to be verified. Um, other than that, there's, there's no restriction um, to, you know, what type of charity it may be. Okay, yep. And, and can you talk a bit about why um, this can be a useful planning strategy overall? Yeah, I think, um, as we talked about, not everyone needs uh, the yeah. income that the IRS is mandating that they take from their retirement accounts and pay taxes on, which is a wonderful position to be in. Um, the other impact is when your taxable income increases, 
from this mandatory withdrawal. It can impact tax credits, other deductions, your social security benefits and Medicare. So this is another way to help mitigate that if you don't need the income. Yeah, absolutely. That, that right there is such a critical point because you don't want to be caught um, making these last minute decisions, right? So which is why the, the planning discussion is so important when you start thinking about these distributions. Yeah, and again, um, you know, with technology nowadays, it's, it's very easy, you know, to verify what a qualified charity is. Most organizations make it very easy through their website to provide you with the instructions of how to donate because that's, um, you know, how they support themselves. Right. No, absolutely. And um, I, I have to say, I was just with a client this morning and she is, uh, she is talking about um, utilizing QCD for the first time in her, in her life. Her former advisor never told her about this. So she was thrilled that our firm has talked about this with her. And the question she asked me today was, is there a maximum amount um, that, that, she can, that she can give through the QCD? Currently, the IRS does set the maximum at $100,000 a year that you can use for the QCD. If you're married filing jointly, your spouse can also donate up to $100,000 a year. Okay, great. So for most people, this is with it, well within their limits. Yeah, and, and it really, like we said, you know, I have a, a client who I've worked with for a number of years, and she really delights in thinking of different charities. Uh, she has some standards that she supports every year, but she <laughs> makes it a point to do some research. Um, and when she's able to, um, you know, make her way around Manhattan, um, find some organizations that might be lesser known and that could really utilize support. One in particular she told me about was a, a barbershop um, mm. that was collecting books for their uh, clientele's children while they were they were sitting there uh, with their parents or caregivers uh, getting their hair cut. That required a little investigation um, yeah. <laughs> to connect with the you know literacy organization. Um, because, you know, the barbershop itself was not a 501c3, but we did, we did find a connection and were able to help her with that. I, I love that story because it's such a great reminder that this is, um, you know, I, I started the topic of this podcast from a financial perspective, but to your point, when you're talking to clients, it, it, for so many, it's much more than just a tax savings, right? Yeah, you're really, you know, getting to what's important to our clients um, and helping people find a way to do what they love and a tax advantage way at that is is really something wonderful. No, absolutely. Uh, thank you for sharing that story and and thank you for your insights and the contribution today. Uh, and, and for anyone listening, if you'd like to learn more uh, about the charitable giving, feel free to reach out to us. Our website is principalwealthpartners.com. And thanks again for listening. Thanks for listening to Women on Wealth by Women for Women. Stay up to date by subscribing to iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. To learn more, please visit www.principalwealthpartners.com or join us on Facebook and LinkedIn. 